David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spade and Elliot Harris. I am Elliot Harris. David is out of the studio today. We have another great show. Funny man, Jerry Van Dyke, and a pro football Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson. First up is former Pittsburgh Steeler and Purdue University star defensive back, Rod Woodson. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. So how did you end up going to uh, Purdue? Well, uh, Purdue was just, you know, um, I knew I wanted to play in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I also, the other visits I took in the Big Ten were uh, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Purdue, uh, and Illinois. And then my last visit was to Arizona State. Uh, Purdue was far enough away from home, but close enough to be at home. And honestly, it was really the only school that offered me or gave me the chance to play as a freshman uh, and have a starting job. What was the Purdue campus like back then? It's a beautiful campus. Uh, it's very similar to what it is right now. Uh, a lot of new buildings. Um, you know, a great education. Uh, Purdue is one of the only schools in the FBS, or excuse me, the FB, uh, yes, FBS, um, that doesn't get money from the school for their uh, for their sports. So they have to get everything from their boosters. Um, um, you know, it's just one of those schools that. For me, uh, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, it was a lot of kids going to school there. Uh, the underbody, uh, you know, what about 25, over 25,000 kids there. But education is great. The environment was great. Uh, we had some great coaches, too. Most athletes, when they go to college, want to major in communications or art appreciation. You were an electrical engineer. No, um, that, that's a, that's a myth. Everybody, I tried to get into our engineering school, um, did not make it into the engineering school, went to our supervision school instead, uh, which is in our management school, um, and was in supervision. Uh, my junior year, I switched my major, my minor, uh, from criminology, uh, was my major and my minor was supervision. It says one of the reasons you went to Purdue was you wanted to also play on offense, not just be a defensive back and kick returner. How important was that? Well, I, I think Purdue had was a lot of reasons I went. I also went because uh, they were going to allow me to run track indoors um, uh, when football was not being played, and so I got to do that. Uh, and they they gave me an opportunity to be a kick returner. Uh, when I first got there, I was not because we had Mel uh, Gray uh, who played in the National Football League for quite a while. Uh, Mel was a great kick returner. In a, a running back uh, for the Boilermakers, um, and then once he left, um, they gave me that opportunity. So I, I cherished that, and then uh, allowing me to play multiple positions on offense um, back then was uh, was another opportunity for me, which is another reason why I went to Purdue. Purdue's always known for the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the Len Dawsons, Bob Greasy's, 
Drew Brees when he retires. Any thought about you playing quarterback there? Uh, no. Uh, it is the uh, creative of quarterbacks uh, is what they call it. Uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for all the quarterbacks that have come through uh, Purdue. A lot of great individuals have come through Purdue and a lot of done a lot of great things in a lot of different fields. Um, you know, for me, I was a uh, positional player. Um, you know, I wanted to play either a skilled position on offense, uh, be a receiver, running back, or a skilled position on defense. And they chose to put me at free safety there, uh, and I enjoyed it. You mentioned you also ran track. How hard was it not to compete in the 84 Olympics? Well, I mean, it was – well, not the 84 Olympics. It would have been the 88 Olympics. 88, I mean, sorry. Um, it, it would have been tough. Um, yeah. When I first got uh, my professional status in, in football – I couldn't get my amateur status back in track and field. So, I mean, that was, that was tough. The one thing I love about track is track is not a, um, uh, it's a sport that doesn't have a lot of either your, the clock is going to tell you how good you are and your jumps are is going to tell you how good you are, but uh, the coaches can't tell you. They can't say, I think this guy's a good player and I think he should play. It's not built on that. It's not built that way. I think it's built on just performing at your best, and the clock will tell you how good you are. That's why I really loved it. So not to not being able to have an opportunity to be in the trials, uh, it did hurt. Uh, but my first love was football. Uh, I was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, my dream did come true at that point. Did you enjoy returning kicks more or playing defensive back? Well, I think I I enjoyed both. Uh, you know, returning kicks when he had, you know, a handful of opportunities per game or defensive backs, you know, you're on the field probably 60, uh, 65, 70 times within a game, depending on how, if you can stop the offense. Um, so, uh, defensive back was my first love, but, you know, returning kicks was, uh, just another way to help your football team win football games. Did you know you were going to get drafted by the Steelers? No. Um, I did not. Uh, it's one of the one teams uh, in that 87 draft that I did not talk to. Uh, they didn't believe that I would drop down to the 10th spot. Um, I didn't believe I would drop down to the 10th spot, but it, there were some picks ahead of me that kind of made me drop down, and uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, I learned a lot of great football uh, while I was there. I had a lot of great teachers uh, while I was there. And a lot of people who taught me some things uh, outside of football, how to live life uh, the right way. Uh, and so I, I was blessed to just be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Who was the leader of the Steelers when you joined them on defense? Okay. I mean, we when I first got there, there was uh, uh, David Little, uh, the middle linebacker. He was still there. Uh, he was the uh, team captain on the defensive side of it. Um, uh, Chili Bowl was still there um, for for the Steelers. Uh, Mike Webster was still there. Uh, it was in the last couple of years. Uh, John Stallworth was still there. Donnie Shell was still there playing. Uh, you know, Chuck Noll was the head coach. Tony Dungy was the defensive back coach and the defensive coordinator. So uh, we had a lot. There was a lot of a lot of history still playing for the Steelers when I got there in 1987. So. All I had to do was try to come in and learn the game. Was there a lot of pressure on you to be the next Mel Blunt? No, Mel Blunt is Mel Blunt. I mean, that's a, <laughs> a guy, uh, you know, I think he's the best corner to ever play in the National Football League. 
Uh, you know, I've never a guy that big uh, that can run that way. A male is every bit of 6'4", uh, runs like a deer. Uh, you know, when, when you when you handle receivers the way he was handling them, when they made this new rule where they can only chuck or catch a receiver the first five yards, you know you're doing something to disrupt the offense. Uh, they made that rule up for, for Mel Blunt. Um, you know, I think he's an awesome player, great individual. Uh, no, they just wanted me to come in and be me um, and be the best Rod Woods that I could be. And and I was blessed, you know, honestly, to have a lot of great teachers. Without talent's only one thing. Uh, Chuck Noe told me the second week while I was there, um, everybody's talented in the National Football League, but it's the player who can take what's a, a given to them mentally uh, and apply it back to the field because the game's played 85% mental. What was Chuck Noll like to play for? Um, it was different than Bill Cowher. Um, you know, I think you know, I, I caught him on the last end of his career, but his coaching career, um, he was more of a analytical, analytical thinker. Um, he, he loved reading books and he would read different uh, passages from each book that he read and use it to motivate us in his fashion and it worked. Uh, you know, uh, he won multiple Super Bowls that way. Uh, I think he was a tremendous coach. And Tony Dungy, I mean, I mean, he became a phenom there, but he really knew defense starting at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Tampa too, uh, we ran a version of that in Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, Tony is, is a great individual, a great human being. Um, you know, he, he, he did a lot of great things in his career, but it started there, uh, as, as a coach, uh, you know, and, and the way he treated his players, um, from day one all the way through is something that you have to admire of him. Then how did the culture change when Bill Cowher became the Steeler coach? Well, just more football oriented. Uh, I mean, it's all football. I mean, Bill Cowher. Uh, he was a young head coach. Uh, the great thing that what Bill did is that he put a great staff together. Uh, you know, our defensive staff, uh, you know, we had, uh, Dom Capers and Dick LeBeau. Um, and then Dom left eventually and Dick LeBeau comes in and then you have John Fox, who was, well, John Fox was a couple years before that. So, I uh, mean, you had Martin Lewis come in. So we had a lot of great coaches come through there. Uh, Bill was just a fiery guy. He was honest. He was true. Um, if he said something was going to be done, it was done. And uh, he earned our trust doing that way. And let's not forget Mean Joe Green. Well, Mean Joe was there um, prior to Bill getting there. Uh, so when I first got there, Mean Joe Green was there uh, as a coach. And um, uh, he was he was mean. <laughs> he was a mean coach. Uh, you know, and I, I love watching the highlights of him still because uh, he has that nasty attitude but. He, he's a great individual. He's a great coach, and more so than anything, he's a great man. He hated that nickname. Yeah, he hated the nickname. But uh, you know, when when he started playing football and the way he played, um, something clicked in, him, and he he was nasty. And you, you like playing with guys who have that edge about them, and and Joe had that. Who gave you the toughest time to cover? Well, when I first came in the league, it was probably Webster Slaughter. Um, you know, I, I played him twice a year, every year for the Cleveland Browns. He was one of those small receivers that was quick and create separation, uh, from the DBs and big receivers don't, 
didn't really bother me. It was a smaller, quick receiver who can try to create separation and get in, the, get in and out of their breaks faster than normal. Uh, for those guys, I, I think it would be watch the slaughter. What made the Steelers' defense so successful? Was it one particular coach, or was it the players? No, I, I think uh, it's both. It goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, you need a system, um, but your system needs players. And um, at the end of the day, uh, players have to make plays on the field. Uh, coaches make their calls. Uh, they they play within the system. Uh, every player tries to bring their own uniqueness to the game. I, I think the great defensive coordinators, such as uh, Dick LeBeau, um, he allows individuals to bring their own uniqueness to the game. He doesn't uh, distract that. He doesn't. Um, he he's not worried about that. He embraces it. And uh, I think. One of the main reasons why we, when I played, were really, really good is because, first of all, his system was outstanding, but he allowed players to do certain things that they could get it done. You won three Super Bowls. Did you have a favorite? No. I only won one Super Bowl. I went to three. You went to three, right? Uh, right. I went to three. I went to three with uh, my first one was with the Steelers. Uh, in 95, we lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, then I won one with the Baltimore Ravens against the Giants in 2000, and then in 2002, I went back with the Raiders, and we lost to Tampa. Uh, so, I mean, the, my favorite would be the one I won with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, because uh, anytime the confetti comes down and it's yours, uh, that means you're the best at what you're doing. When you went to that first Super Bowl, though, you came off a knee injury from the beginning of the year. You tore your ACL and came back to play. How hard was that? Well, it was, uh, first of all, I have to give all the credit to Bill Cowher, who left the roster spot open for me, because back then, if you went on IR, you were on IR all year. Uh, you're done. Um, so, uh, it, without him having given me the, uh, really the light at the end of the tunnel, um, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So, you know, it, it's a lot of work. I mean, when you come back from an injury, no matter if you try to come back from the same year or the following year, it's a lot of work. Uh, so uh, for me, it was a lot of work. I tried to get my knee stronger. But really, uh only thing I really strengthened was the other parts of my legs because the knee is only going to heal uh, when it heals. And uh, But it was fun to do. I, I would do it all over again because you never know when you're going to play in a Super Bowl. The first guy, I mean, I remember doing it was you. A lot of people talked about Jerry Rice doing it. But, again, you did it before Jerry did it. Well, Jerry did it, but you got to remember, Jerry got hurt uh, as soon as he came back. So I was on that team with Jerry uh, in uh, 97 uh, with the uh, 49ers where he got hurt the first game of the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He tries to come back. I think it's the second or third game, like, uh, second or third, uh, in, in third game at the end of the year. And then it's probably, I don't know, about the 15th or 20th play of the game where he uh, hurts his knee again. Um, so it, it's tough to do. It really is. Um, but, you know, given the opportunity, you see uh, modern technology with modern medicine. Uh, a lot of guys are starting to do it more because uh, coaches are giving them opportunity to do so. What was it like when you went to the 49ers in 97? What was that team like? It was a great team. Um, uh, a lot of great players. Uh, I believe our defensive team, every defensive starter went to the Pro Bowl at some time in their career. Um, 
You know, we had Jerry Rice, and we had some great players. Steve Young was on offense. Um, had some really good running backs. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It was that one year, though, that really a couple years that the 49ers could not beat the Green Bay Packers. And it wasn't until a couple years later where uh, Terrell Owens caught that ball between two uh, defenders where they kind of got that monkey off their back and, and made that win. But uh, it was a great team. It was a great opportunity. It was, um, you know, Eddie DeBarlo was, was still there, a part of the team. So being a part of that and being a part of his family, it was an awesome experience. I mean, you played for some great owners in the Roonies, DeBartolos, and also – uh, with the Raiders with Al Davis. Was there any similarities between the three? No, no, they're all old school owners. Uh, they all, uh, they own the teams in different ways. Uh, they show love to their players in different ways. Um, but the one thing they did do, uh, is that they treated everybody, uh, as a family. And uh, that's something that all the old school, all, all the old school owners had in common. Um, I don't know if all the new school owners do it that way. Uh, they see the game differently. But the old school guys that I've been a part of uh, treated everybody in their uh, on their team as a part of their family, which was uh, and it was an old way of doing it, and it's probably the best way to do it. How hard was it making the transition from being a cornerback to safety? It's definitely a transition. Um, you know, when you play corner, you play uh, really from the side view uh, your whole career, and then when you play at safety, you play everything from the front view. I'm like, basically, I call it the all 22 view because you can see everybody. Uh, mainly at corner, you can't see everything. You can't see where sometimes where the running backs are lined up. Uh, you can't see uh, everything that's going on in the middle of the line. But at safety, you can. So uh, that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, I, I probably the second biggest thing is just tackling angles. Uh, normally from corner, you're always tackling from an angle. Uh, and at safety, you're always tackling head on. A lot of people don't want to play safety. They say it's too dangerous compared to cornerback. Do you agree? No. I mean, I've never heard anybody say playing safety is dangerous. Uh, it's fun. Um, and you play a physical sport. Um, it's different challenges at two different positions. Um, you know, uh, it's hard to make the transition from corner to safety or vice versa um, if you want to be the best at your game. But, you know, for me, you know, God gave me a lot of uh, gifts uh, naturally, and luckily for me, I had a lot of great teachers to help me out uh, through that process of my planning for 17 years. You have to be smart, and the other guy who did it was Ronnie Lott, a USC guy. Yep, Ronnie did it, uh, but he moved he went from corner to safety. Uh, he, he moved pretty early in his career, and I think it was like after his fourth year or something of that nature. Uh, you know, Ronnie, you know, I think Ronnie's probably the best safety to ever play in the National Football League. Uh, you know, he can cover. Uh, ground. He's a great hitter. Uh, he was one of the players in this league, in the history of the league, where he could set the tone uh, with his hits. And when you find safeties like that, uh, they're very valuable to the football team. Did you like hitting the guys hard, or you basically didn't want to hit them that hard? Like it seemed like Ronnie Lott enjoyed it. Well, I think he did. Uh, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I was ever the best cover guy. I don't know if I was the hardest hitter. You know, I was trying to be the best all-around DB that I can be. Uh, you know, I love playing corner. I love playing nickel. I love playing dime. I love playing free safety. I love playing strong safety. So, uh, you know, I love doing everything that was uh, 
given me a challenge uh, and uh, let me, hopefully the coach will give me that opportunity. But, um, you know, hitting hard, you know, you, you try to make yourself notice. Um, sometimes the only way to do that is to uh, put the other uh, opponent in his back. When you joined that Ra- uh, Baltimore Ravens team, how good was that defense? Do you think it was the greatest of all time? Well, not when I first got there. Uh, I got there in 98. Uh, we finished 6-10. and 10. Uh, The following year, we finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, And then the third year, uh, everything kind of clicked in. Uh, we had a lot of great leaders at each position. Uh, I think Ray Lewis uh, started to become uh, the leader uh, that we all know he, he was by the time he retired. Um, so uh, I, I think arguably uh, for the one single year, you can say uh, we were one of the better defenses ever to play in the National Football League. We broke the 86 Bears uh, scoring defense record uh, by 20-some points. Uh, that's hard to do in the National Football League. I think we had we had four or five shutouts that year. Um, you know, we, we had a five-game stretch where offense didn't score a touchdown, and we won two of those games. So uh, I, I think that both we we were a pretty good defense. Was your defensive coordinator Rob Ryan? No, our defense coordinator was uh, Marvin Lewis. Okay. Rob was a D line coach. Yeah. Rob was a D line coach, and uh, Jack Del Rio was a linebacker coach. Those are some intense guys. They're very intense. Uh, we have good staff. I think uh, when you put good staff together, uh, great things happen for a football team. And there was a good, a very good staff uh, in Baltimore when we played, and we won the Super Bowl. What defense did you run in Baltimore? Uh, we were a four-three defense. Well, we were kind of a hybrid. We were four-three. We ran an Oki front sometimes, which is a three-man front. So we would slide in and out of our four-man front to our three-man front. Everybody talks about that '86 defense, but that '85 Bear defense was more intense, and that was because of Buddy Ryan. It seems like that. Ryan family just knows how to coordinate a defense. Yeah, well, the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl, but the 86 Bears defense had the scoring record uh, the following year. Um, but it was a great defense. I mean, Buddy Ryan, um, you know, he was very intense. Uh, he ran that 4-6 defense. Uh, those guys got after uh, opposing offenses. And you're right, uh, the Ryan family – has a family tree of being good defensive coordinators. Uh, I think Rob, I think everybody saw now that Rob Ryan, he's also a good defensive coordinator after what he's done um, going over to the Saints this past year. You had 71 interceptions, third all-time. Did you ever think, I want to keep playing and go for the record? Well, I was going to play one more year, but, you know, uh, things happened the way they happened. Uh, I got hurt. Um I got out of the game when I had to get out. Um, I played 17 great years. Um, you know, uh, most guys don't get to play that. You made 11 Pro Bowls, and then you were named to the all-time team uh, and also one of the 100th greatest players. What did those awards mean to you? You know, uh, everybody has a list. Everybody wants to rate players. Um you know, the ultimate individual award that you I, that I receive is going to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I don't know how you rate every single player that's come through the National Football League. Uh, they even want to rank uh, Hall of Famers. Um, you know, I don't know how people do that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I came in uh, playing a game that I love to play. 
I've been playing it since I've been nine years old. And uh, people said I was good at it. Uh, they want to rank different players. All I want to do is be the best Rod Woodson I could be uh, on and off the field. I had some great mentors on and off the field. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time of being in the National Football League. How did it feel when you found out you are going in the Hall of Fame? It was a great accomplishment. It was a great honor. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you only have 200 some odd people in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys are contributors. I don't know how many of those guys are natural players that played. But when you think about the history of, of how long the league has been played, pro football has been played, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great honor. Um, you know, one of the, out of 200 some people of the history of the game being in that room, um, I never thought I would be that. Never thought that wasn't my dream. Um, but, you know, uh, I, again, I say I give a lot of credit to uh, my coaches and my mentors who I've had on and off the field and they helped me, uh, accomplish that. Is there a player you patted yourself after growing up? No, um, you know, I, I liked the Cleveland Browns growing up a little bit because the cardiac kids and, um, and I kind of fell in love with the Oakland Raiders, uh, just for the way they played football. Um, but not, not individually. I didn't look at one person. Who would you say the greatest player of all time was? I, I don't know how you rank the greatest player of all time. Um, you know, everybody wants to rank, uh, offensive player up there because, uh, quarterbacks have a win-loss record. Um, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Um, I, I think there's a lot of great players who have played in the National Football League. I think there's a lot of great players who have made their mark in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, um, I, I just don't know how you rank one over everybody else. The guy I'd like to see you tackle back in the day would be Jim Brown. That would be something. Jim was a big guy. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, he was a man playing among boys, uh, eight-time rushing title uh, holder. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how, how you would make – I don't know how you tackle a guy like that. A guy that big, that fast, that strong. Uh, he's, he's agile enough to run around you, uh, and he's mean enough to run over you. So that's a heck of a combination. I'll tell you one thing. Everybody says about Jim Brown, you go from Bob Lilly to Sam Huff. They basically said the guy was the size of defensive lineman but could run like a 4-2. There was no way to stop him. Well, I mean, that's why he had so many rushing titles. He was incredible. And then when I was at the Hall of Fame last year, someone looked at me and said at the gold jacket dinner, Jim Brown's the only one not wearing a gold jacket. I wonder why. And I looked at them and said, he's Jim Brown. He goes by his own drum. Jim, yeah, everybody goes by their own beat, but uh, Jim definitely does. Uh, he's been through a lot in his life. He's seen a lot in his life. Um, and a lot of people respect that. Do you ever think, that you want to be a head coach in the NFL? Well, I mean, it's, you know, I think everybody who's ever coached in any capacity wants to be a head coach uh, and, and give it a shot uh, to see if they can do it or not. Some can, some can't. Um, you know, if I ever got back into coaching, uh, that definitely would be a, a desire, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rod Woodson as much as David did conducting and I did listening to it. After a brief break, we will be back with funny man Jerry Van Dyke. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.